you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm so happy that you're joining us here today. I'm your host, Tomas Garza. And with me, joining me from Scottsdale, Arizona, is transformational business coach, Therese Skelly. Now, this is a conversation I've been looking forward to having for some time. And it's going to be fun. And I'll read Teresa's bio for you here by way of introduction. And you will know, I guarantee you, you will know precisely what I mean by that fun. So Teresa, in her own words, writes, whip smart, funny, and fiercely devoted stand for her client's brilliance. Teresa Skelly mentors mission-driven leaders and entrepreneurs globally who are ready to bust shame, clear blocks, and live their best life without apology. Through an intuitive process and her take no prisoners mama tea attitude. Mama tea attitude. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask you about that. She helps her clients <laughs> move past <laughs> she helps her clients move past obstacles, holding them back from being truly happy, empowered, and free. Now, Therese is a former therapist turned mentor who lives in Scottsdale, Arizona, with her pup Murphy, and dotes on her two grown boys, Danny and John. When she isn't working with clients or cooking up a storm in the kitchen, you can find her on the road, on the back of her boyfriend's motorcycle, living life to the fullest. Well, all right, <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, and, welcome. And full disclosure, you know, I, have, I do have to say though, a client wrote bio for me, just the blue. It was, it was an absolute gift. And I'm like, oh, that's better than I could have done. So that was written by a client, but she totally captured my vibe. So I didn't write it, but I received it. And uh, I love it. So. I think you should just take credit for it. But okay, thank you okay. your client. Yes, sure, from, from all of us. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love that because it captures the vibe. That's, that's really exactly. what we're going for yes, here. And uh, yeah, you're, you're most welcome. And uh, I'm so happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I, we have both looked forward to this call. A few things have gotten in the way. So it's like, mm. yay, we're finally here. So Yeah. Well, and, and sometimes, you know, delays happen and you perfect. wind up sitting down to the microphone on the day you're supposed to. 100%. And here Absolutely. we are. Here we are. Yeah. So, you, you know, one of the things that really um, intrigues me is, is you've got a story, you're a transformational business coach, but you did not start out that way. You began as a therapist. So would you say some more about what kind of therapy you used to do? You don't oh, have to goodness. mention names or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> so that, that is a really cool story. Um, I love doing therapy. And my my background, I, I actually have a degree in criminal justice. I've worked in a women's prison. You know, not many people can say that. And wow, then yeah. I moved on from criminal justice to, to getting a degree, a master's degree in counseling. And so I worked at a psychiatric hospital and then I landed in a chemical dependency treatment center. I didn't land in, I mean, I worked in that. <laughs> Let me clarify. I was a therapist. So I worked with right. um, drug addicts, alcoholics, codependents, couples at a community mental health treatment center for about three years until one day I realized that the, 
that the therapists were not as healthy as some of the patients we were seeing. And it was kind of dysfunctional. And so I started in 1988, I think I started my own practice. So then I was in, in the business of just, just my own practice. And what was really cool is that at the time, my marketing strategy was, please God, send me a client. Like that's all I knew. I didn't know how to do any marketing because I, I think you would have a, a practice and not have a business, right? And this was in the late eighties, early nineties. I got nothing in terms of the way of education. And you didn't ask this, but I'm gonna tell you how I transitioned to business coaching. Cause it's a kind Perfect. of a cool story that yeah, fits yeah. with this, this interview. And so I was doing therapy and I loved it. I never saw myself doing anything else. Cause I just, I just, I loved it. I, I love people's stories. I love going deep and mm -hmm. it was just magical. And, and I would see this medical intuitive three times a year. And she'd say, you know, you're going to be doing something else. And I'm like, what? I would never leave there because I, I didn't know what else I'd do. And every time I see it, she's like, no, there's something else. There's something else. And I never understood what it was. And then one day I got the idea to go to life coaching school. That was in 2001, 20 years ago, I went to life coaching school and I'd gone to, I think a networking meeting. And I got on there back, back then, Tomas, having a newsletter. Wow. Like people would be like, you have a newsletter? Like that was a really big deal, right? And so I got on this newsletter list and there was an ad for business coaches wanted. Now here's what you have to know. Remember I said, I worked in a woman's prison. <laughs> I worked in psychiatric hospitals yeah. and with addicts. I never took a business class. I never wrote, read a business book. I never worked in the business world. <laughs> so what I know is that my soul absolutely guided me because my head is, I'm, is I'm, you know, hitting the keyboard, typing out the application. My head is going, what the hell are you thinking? Right. Mm -hmm. And yet my soul knew exactly where I needed to be. And that one decision changed the whole trajectory of my life. And so the next day I was a business coach. I got hired. Some fool took advantage, you know, like, like they're like, whoa, you got great potential. And I just learned everything. I learned it really, really, really well. But the journey of like owning my value, learning to talk about my business, understanding what the heck to do and how do you sell yourself? I didn't have any of that. And so there was a lot of fraud factor, imposter syndrome, shame, all the things I teach today, basically, because I've gone through them. Okay. But, but yeah. it was the first time I remember my soul just going, go here, do this. And I didn't fight it. I listened and it was the best thing I ever did. Okay. Well, I love that. Yeah. And, and you get, you get um, we all get strong hits all the time, but the right. question is, are we actually paying attention? 100%, especially uh, when it sounds crazy, especially when it's like, who me? Are you freaking kidding me? You know what I mean? Like one of those yeah. Moses moments, like what? I'm not, I can't do this. Okay. So, yeah. Well, and because this was the first time that that happened for you, <laughs> that you, you went with a strong intuitive hit, uh, you know, what was different about this time that, um, that, led you to you know silence if you did silence the voice yeah. that says who are you to be doing this this is crazy <laughs> not you uh, I mean what was different about this time I don't know that's the thing I I'm sure because I'm super intuitive I as, <laughs> as you know as we get older I feel like we own those gifts more so oh yeah yeah I just used to think I was a therapist I'd be like oh this was a therapist I know stuff well I knew therapy stuff right I didn't I didn't know the depth of the guidance that I was getting so um 
I'm sure I listened, but for whatever reason with this one, because it was so crazy, literally having, I didn't, I thought Excel was a phone company. I literally didn't even know what a spreadsheet was. Like, I mean, I was the least likely. And so I think it was so absurd. I must've thought, I got nothing to lose. Who cares? I don't know what it was, but I absolutely know overarching. It was my soul that just said, nope. And everything changed. My marriage ended, my peer groups changed, who I was, like it literally more, more than, more than getting married, having children, getting divorced, more than anything, that one decision just changed everything. So I know it was the soul moving me in the direction I was supposed to be in. Okay. Well, and it's interesting, you made that decision and you started moving in that direction. Then, you know, you're, you had a marriage that ended as a result of that. Now, um, did that, was that abrupt or, um, you know, what did that look like? You know, so I was married to a man, probably we were better friends than husband and wife. Okay. Um, he, full disclosure, he was an addict off and on. He was, you know, he was, he made a bunch of money. He was a I functional see. person, but he was an episodic addict. So I was dealing with that. Talk about shame. Hi, I'm going to life coach you, but yeah, my husband just got, you know, like that was very difficult. Right. Um, and when I was a therapist, I think, I think he, you know, there's a resonance, right? And so I was resonating at the vibe of this, I can still tolerate. I had very small children. And so I think with a woman or maybe a man too, it's harder to leave a relationship when there are small children. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and yeah. so I, you know, we were great friends. We had a lovely life. Um, and when I shifted into being an entrepreneur and shifted into meeting people for whom spirituality was front and center, who lived bigger lives, who were really mission-driven. I remember this moment of thinking, I wouldn't want him at the dinner table with those people. And it's, he was lovely. Like literally everybody loved him. When he died, oh my gosh, like, like mm. everybody, he was, he was larger than life. He was the most lovely person, but in consciousness, he was not, he, and it was such a weird, like, wow, all these new people. So I became somebody different. Okay. And. And I think he stopped, um, he, he just didn't get it. And he stopped, he just, he just chose something different. You know, he, he, he ended up being with somebody that allowed him to be an addict. Uh, <laughs> and sure. so that's okay. what he chose, you know? So that, that mm-hmm. was the end. So, but we, the, the caveat, we stayed friends until his death. We were best of friends. We co-parented really well. Like, like he was my best, best, best friend till the very end. Yeah. Okay. We worked yeah. out really well. Good. Well, and that, um, you know, as I was sharing with you before we began recording, I spent 13 years in family mediation. So I know from experience (laughs) of of literally thousands of clients that it doesn't always work that way. So I'm glad you all were able to do that. And, you know, the thing that strikes me so much about that is when a person pays attention to the, the voice of mm-hmm. spirit of God, however they want to characterize or classify that yeah. and begins to take action, then massive change happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and yeah. you experience that as like a reworking of yeah. your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I would have called it that at the time, you okay. know, because when you're in it and you're kind of new to it, I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> like, wait, what? I'm divorced? Wait, what? You know what I mean? It was, mm-hmm. oh, it was yeah. quite surprising until after a few years later, I would be like, 
oh, thank God he had the courage to leave me. Because I wouldn't. I was, I'm freaking loyal. I'm a mom. I'm going to take care of my babies and my family, right? And literally the best thing that ever happened was when he woke up one day and said, I can't keep doing this. So he freed me. He gave me a gift that I couldn't give myself. Okay. So it took a few years to get like, oh, thank God that happened. I, I was a little freaked out in the beginning, <laughs> if I be really honest. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, there are people out there listening that could be right now listening to this show that are right in the midst of that. And, and so it's a good and, and a beautiful message to them that it actually does improve. But gosh, at the time, it doesn't feel like it. Well, here's what I learned, Todd. And it, it was because I was single for, well, I'm still, I'm still, I'm in a relationship now, but I'm, you know, I've been a single, not married woman for like 15 years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what I realized, and this finally I got, this became my operating system because I was kind of a crazy dater in the beginning. And I had <laughs> crazy, you know, married 20 years. I was like, whoa, I went a little mm -hmm, wild. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we all do that. We all those stories, right? And so, um, what I learned is that for everything that was taken away, it would be replaced with something better. Mm -hmm. And and so that to me was 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 divine order. And so I stopped fighting it. I would feel the pain. I would feel I would because I'm very much got to process the trauma and the feelings and the emotions of it. And to me, there was always a promise. There was always like something better is 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 coming for you. And that always like that guiding light always just that was like my north star. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Lost that relationship, but you know, I'm going to get a better one. And I just knew it. And I know it all the time. So if you're listening and you're this like, hang in there, hang in there and trust that whatever's happening, you know, Michael Beckwith says, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Mm -hmm. That is, that is such a powerful tenant to live by. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, what, uh, what else would, would you say to somebody that's maybe going through something like this right now? Um, you know, any other uh, suggestions based on your own experience? Because, you know, it is happening for all of us, but in yeah. the moment, it really doesn't yeah. feel like it. Whew, no. Um, well, number one, obviously, I'm, I'm going to always say feel all the feelings. I, I run women's groups and mm -hmm. very often they're like, oh, well, I should forgive. No, you shouldn't. Not yet. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to scream and yell and swear and be angry, you have to, sometimes you have to bow. Here's what I say. Bow to the altar of what just happened to you. Okay. Because we tend to spiritually bypass. We're like, oh, well, it's for my highest good. God's in charge. And our body's freaking responding to trauma, right? I very much understand trauma. And so there's the dance of like, you have just be raw, be real. Have somebody that, that you can just be like the ugly cry or scream and yell. Or like get that out. Do not try to go to the spiritual too quickly. Okay. But, it, but it's the both. Like the both can occur. Um, mm -hmm. When Jim and I got divorced, I remember saying to myself, I'm going to use this as an example to other people. And I didn't even know what that meant. I think at our church, there were, there were, there was doing the real love stuff. And I, and I was like, wow, this doesn't have contentious, horrible. I hate that bastard divorce. Do it differently. And so I would be in the pain and I would also be in the, who do I want to show up as? Like, oh. what do I want my kids to see? How mm -hmm. do I want to, and literally people would say like, like your divorce was like inspirational to people actually creating great partnership and co-parenting. But it was because I decided, because trust me, 
I could be the like, oh, you won't believe what that man did to me. Like I got, I got like effed over in many ways, right? And I could have stayed a victim and I felt that sometimes. But at the end of the day, it was like, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna be that. So you really can transcend if, if you just use it as like, I'm gonna grow through this. Who am I gonna be? How do I wanna show up? Because this pain's gonna end. This anger's gonna end. This crap you're in's gonna end. And what do you want at the end of the day? What, how do you wanna be standing after that? Okay. Yeah. Well, and the really interesting things that, um, that let's talk a little bit more about, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm taking some notes as we're talking and feel all the feelings and bypassing. So listeners may be familiar with the term spiritual bypassing. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, you you see this in, in your groups. Um, you may have yeah. seen that in, in your life as well, but, um, you know, in your opinion, what is the most important part? Why is it so important to allow yourself to feel everything? Yeah. How do I explain that? Um, when something happens to us, our body can't differentiate, right? So, yeah. so let's say, like, like, let's say my husband would have overdosed, right? Let's just mm -hmm. say that because that happened. Okay. okay. So I go through trauma, right? I'm like, 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 and, and my body literally, oh my God, he's being wheeled out on a stretcher, whatever. Your body is going to have a response. And then if you do not attend to that, that energy is going to get stuck in you. Uh -huh, it can right. create a literal PTSD response, <laughs> or it can create just locked in trauma. And so, um, you know, Joe Dispenza talks about, you know, like, like, and, I, and I, we all do this, right? Have you ever had that the, where you just keep looping and just thinking over and over and over and over, you know what I mean? Like you keep revisiting. Yes. That's because there's trauma <laughs> released. In, that's not, that's not been released from you. So as much as your like cool spiritual self is like, oh, it's, it's, you know, in God's will, if your body's like, ah, <laughs> I'm being attacked. Like mm -hmm. yeah, that was going to win. The trauma response always wins. And you are always jacked up physiologically. So that way you might have like low level anxiety. You might have just, you know, just irritation. You might have trouble sleeping. You might, just, just, just a cascade of things that can happen if it's a trauma response. So when people come to me and say, oh, I, you know, this thing happened to me, but I need to let it go. I'll be like, hey, hold on. What does your body think? Okay. We don't often ask our bodies, you know, because we, we live from the neck. Many of us live from the neck up, right? And our brain, well, I got her. So-and-so says you got to forgive. Absolutely. You do. But maybe not at phase one. Maybe that's phase five, right? Maybe mm -hmm. you release the trauma. You you bow to, sometimes things are, and you understand this, Tomas, like an existential crisis. Like you have to just go, yeah. how the hell do I even make sense of this now? happen like what i'm married to a freaking addict that overdosed what the heck like that's a lot of processing and so there's there's multi-layer processing and then when everything's calmed down then you have the luxury of saying you know what okay i can let that go now but not until that work right uh, yeah and it's the tendency of so many people just to try to end around that because naturally as human beings we don't want to dive into no. what feels bad <laughs> i know i know yes yeah, yes exactly. well and uh, you know it's a 
It's a wonderful question. What does your body think? So, you know, at what point in your life did you realize that it really dawned on you that you were highly intuitive like that and you could trust your body wisdom? Um, I fought it for a really long time. I, I, I wish it would have gone faster. Okay. Um, probably eight years ago, one of the, she's a seven figure business coach. I was hanging out with her and mm -hmm. here. And she said, you know, unless you start saying you're a healer, you're never going to make money. And I was like, Oh, psh, shut up. What? Like, I was so afraid. I was like, Oh my God, people are going to throw me off the stage. What are you talking about? And, and <laughs> so I just was like, shh, shh, no, no, no. And then one of my friends, was like, you know, people are healed just being in your presence. Okay. But I think unfortunately, Tomas, because of my own codependency, you know, all the things we talk about, the shame, the proving energy, mm -hmm. I was still acting from a place of, I have to overgive, overdo. So I couldn't, I had trouble knowing I was enough. Oh, right? okay. And so, so when you're in this mode of having to overgive and overdo, you, you get, you work really hard as opposed to like, hmm, let me just wait and wait for something. You know what I mean? Yes. And so... So I would be working with clients and I'm super intuitive. I, I do a lot of clearing and energy healing and stuff, yeah. but I never, I never studied anybody's system. Like it okay. just came out of me. Right. So I was working with a client like years of years ago and I heard in my head, this is a curse. And I literally am like, mm. Oh shit. Wait, what? Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. and, and, and then it said, you can clear it. I was like, I don't know how to clear curses. And it was like, yes, yes, you do. So that stuff kept happening. And I'm like, I do I'm like, yep, you do. And so I just, okay, well, I guess we do this. And so that's how it developed. And after everything that happened, I would just be like, whoa, I can't believe that. Oh my, like, wow, that was, you know, cause I was so mm. startled by the power I have, I guess, like the intuition and the, and the, and the, the work. And now I'm more yeah. like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> it right. took a really long time to accept it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I love that because I know that there are people listening that are fighting themselves on the same thing, yeah. whether it's their intuition or whether it's another, well, I mean, you can call it a gift, but something yeah, that is, is innate that mm -hmm. you're born with. And yeah, so in what part of, as an intuitive, in what part of your body do you get the strongest hits how does that work for you um <clears throat> i used to say i heard but i don't know that i heard as much as i just knew I, it would just would drop in mm -hmm. um i i didn't get i didn't used to get the physical stuff now I do. now i um like i'll give you a number of years ago i was at church and um sitting next to a woman I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden I'm like right, feeling like I'm going to pass out. Just like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Moments later, and she's not doing anything. She's just sitting there. Moments later, mm -hmm. the fire department comes and she's having a heart attack. Oh. So my body was picking up what she was going through. Mm -hmm. So I also have that. And so sometimes I'll be with, with clients and I'll be like, oh, hold on. Oh, I can feel that in my throat. Like, and like my body is now getting more um, with sensation. And so okay. it's the knowing first, then the body stuff. All right. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting um, because uh, some, some hits can be so strong and visceral oh, yeah. and uh, others lighter. But yeah, it, I, I wanted to ask you that. Now, when you're working with clients, um, I promised our, all of our listeners, I did not forget, because I often do, but I did not forget. <laughs> 
to ask you about your mama tea attitude. Mama tea. Yeah, tell me about mama tea. Mama tea. I love this. So probably five years ago, I was working. Normally, normally my, you know, I don't like I don't like the word middle age, but my clients generally are 40, 50, <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. and I'm, in this particular group, I had like a twenty something and a thirty something, so younger, younger. Mm -hmm. And I would be working with them and they'd be like, oh, Mama T. And so they started calling me Mama T. And I, it's, 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 like a, it's like a brand. It's just like, you know, not on my watch. Like nobody's going to mess with you on my watch. Like, so it's like this fierce mama bear energy mm -hmm. that I really like. Because that's okay, yeah. very much that. And so Mama T wisdom is like, ah, come on. You know, mm -hmm. it's good Mama T tough love kind of. So that's what that is. All right. Well, I, I love that. I knew there was a story behind that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you did mention that you have children. So uh -huh. there, there, there you go. Okay. Yeah. And it's a take no prisoners approach. Now, um, you, you mentioned that one of the things that you help your clients do is bust shame. Yes. So would you say some more about that? What, what is, how does that play I out I would for love to. Because <laughs> okay. it's one of those, Tomas, it's one of those things, you know, you, I was a psychotherapist and you, you worked in the industry as well. So mm -hmm. you understand nobody wants to hear about shame. Like, like, no. you know, if I, if, if I like go, hi, you want to heal your shame. People like look at you like you're in that job, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But so here's what I know, generally from trauma or from our, from our environment, or we bring in ancestral shame, we bring in generational shame, we, you know, we carry, there's the field of epigenetics that literally is showing that in addition to inheriting, you know, the blue eyes and this fair skin, you also inherit the trauma yeah. of our ancestors. And so shame is the belief, like guilt is what you do. Shame is who you are. So guilt is if I, if I, if I say something, you know, snotty against you or something, I could go, Oh God, I feel like such a jerk. I shouldn't have said that. I feel bad. And then I can make amends. So guilt is literally about your behavior and it kind of informs like, I don't really want to be, I don't want to be gossipy. I shouldn't talk that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Shame is literally who you are is wrong. Right. Your being is, wrong. you know, I have, I have a, a lot of my work I do weirdly. I'll, I'll, I'll find the energetic block and it will be something like, uh, what happened when you were in utero? <laughs> mm. Like, it's kind of funny because I'm working on people's business by going in to their in utero experience. Yes. And I'll hear, oh, my father wanted a boy. And this is a girl. Mm. So the, the, their very beingness was, was a mistake. Their very beingness was wrong, right? Mm. And so how in the world do you create a business, create a life, try to sell yourself, try to help people with fundamentally, you shouldn't even be here. Like, so those are some little stories of shame that people don't understand how much it affects you. And mm -hmm. so I do a lot of teaching on shame. Also, shame is like the nasty little thing that is sneaky. I call it a sneaky bitch. It's so sneaky. Oh, yeah, you know, it, it shows up as like procrastination and perfectionism. Like there's many faces of it. So people don't put the word shame on it, but yeah. it's like, you know, it's just never good enough, or I can't ask for help. Like, there's many ways that it shows up, and the origin. I, I can literally go, oh, boom, that was shame, and here's where it started for you. So, okay. And where does one take it from there? Yeah, let's let's say you're working with okay. a client, and you determine that it yeah. started well in utero. Yeah. Um, well, I I I could do an energetic release. So, but sometimes I feel like 
there's a lot of things. If you just understand context, if you understand perhaps like, okay, it happened when you were seven and here's why. So next time you get triggered, there's a differentiation. You can say, wait, I'm 40 years old, but I feel in this moment like that seven-year-old. So it's like, it's like parts work, right? Because I'll say, how, how old do you feel right now? Is the grown-up driving the bus? Is the grown-up running your business? Or is the seven-year-old? And uh, so that's, that's a great question. Ask yourself when you're triggered, how old do you feel chronologically? And if you get really honest, you're like, oh crap, 12. Okay, what was going on when you were 12? And so if you understand, we call these ego states or parts, they literally can run our lives and our businesses. So if you can pull it out of you, so instead of saying, oh, I suck, you know, or like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm a loser. The, the language would be, isn't that interesting? There's a 12 year old part in me that feels really triggered right now. Then you have compassion for that part. Then you can have a conversation with the part. Then you can have that part release, whatever happened. Mm -hmm. And you're back in your grown resourceful self. Right. So that's just one, one quick teaching. Sure. Yeah. And well, and, and, you know, I'm sure there are dozens and dozens of techniques, but it, it just seems like such important and deep work because shame is, it's really foundational with a lot of people. And you mentioned Absolutely. there are dozens and dozens of ways that it shows up in life. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that is something that you help them with. And, and also it's, it's clearing blocks. Now I want to back all the way up okay. because when you began your therapy practice, and, and I, I love that you said, I, I wound up in a women's prison <laughs> working there, <laughs> of course. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Yeah. They didn't admit me. I got to leave at night. That was, yeah, go ahead. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, how did you, you know, I meant to ask you, I want to ask you now, yeah. how did you wind up there? I mean, what, what was, what do you suppose so was the universal attraction to that? Well, I was in, I was uh, Grand Canyon University. Well, it was a college. Back then it was called Grand Canyon College. Okay. And I just was taking whatever education, I didn't have a major. I was just taking, you know, whatever my graduate or my degree was. Mm -hmm. And I met a teacher that taught criminal justice and I just fell in love with her. And I fell in love with her because I'm very much in social justice. And I like, I, I've always, mm -hmm. you know, fight for the underdog. And yeah. I just was like, oh my gosh, she was the story she's told, I was fascinated with it. And so then I majored in it, um, but it was very difficult for me because I'm, you don't put a 25 year old codependent in a prison <laughs> and, and tell them to have boundaries, right? And so yeah. the why it happened for me, it, it, it wasn't good because it was, it's a horrible system. I mean, our justice system, it is a, and I was at a minimum security prison. So, you know, that wasn't as bad, but okay. what I learned is interesting there but for the grace of god go i and the and i just got to say this word the mind fuck of it was oh, yeah i loved some of those inmates oh. i saw i saw in them like oh you were being abused and raped and assaulted so you killed that guy i understood that you know i saw the ones that had driven drunk and i'm like i did that and so it showed me like we God, we don't, so it was interesting for a I was very young um, and it was really confusing because I had more connection with the inmate and their humanity. Some of them were mothers than I had with the staff because it was very militaristic and very, it was a horribly toxic environment. So oh, sure. I'm supposed to be with the guards and I'm siding with, it was just a weird, 
but I, I never got over that there, but for the grace of God, go, I, how dare I judge? Like I would have good for you for killing that man that was abusing you. I get it. I understand sure. how to make that choice. And so it really set me up at a very young age to go, there's not that much difference. So that was a big kind of a like life one to get at a very young codependent age. Right. And interesting. You, you were young, codependent, and yeah. Yeah. in working in a prison environment, <laughs> which doesn't sound ideal. Not good. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I would have liked to go back and go, yeah, in terms of hiring, let's, let's ask better questions, you know, because oh. if I'm here to save the world and y'all are just here to lock them up and punish and throw away the key, like you shouldn't hire people bleeding hearts. You should people because what ended up happening is I got so lost I felt guilty leaving like I hmm. I I was so again I was kind of a dependent I literally was like I was so connected with them you know so ended yeah. up kind of you know that was a hard a hard few years of doing that but wow well yeah really really interesting I mean I wonder what their hiring process is like now but you've been <laughs> I don't know yes. Yes. <laughs> makes one Oof. wonder yes but yes. Uh, you know this is really interesting we're on to a, a topic that I wanted to ask you about as well and it's mission driven so you're very yeah. mission driven as as you spoke um, about and yes. do you have a particular cause or mission or something that's that's really really special yeah, a, to you yeah that's a really good question years ago i was at a retreat with a mentor and it was figure out you know figure out who you're here to support and oh we're mm -hmm. going to raise money for in africa to get one and i gave a, I gave a bunch of money but i, I feel like I'm kind of an asshole because i don't care about that as much <laughs> and i'm like what is wrong with me uh. My, my mission is to help particularly women because if I can have a successful business, I couldn't leave my because I wasn't making enough money. And a lot of women are either staying in marriages or under earning because they know how or don't believe in themselves. And so they're trapped. And so what I know is if I help a woman make a decent income, A, it contributes to the economy, there's a huge ripple effect. B, her children are gonna demonstrate, they'll see the demonstration of a success because I was raised with freaking Jim Cleaver. Like I'm a six year old woman. I was not raised with role models of powerful women. And so, yes, I gave a lot of money to the, you know, water in Africa, but my mission is I just, I love my, part of my values are like bold self-expression. And so when I can get somebody's business to be a beautiful reflection of them where they get to do their soul's work in the world, that's my sweet spot. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And it, you know, if you are out there, um, ladies listening to this, I mean, this is something that we see all too often. And, you know, I saw it in all of the years that I was right. in family mediation. I, I would see people, men and women, but um, of course, it's a lot of women that stay yeah. in relationships out of economic reasons or 100%. for fear of, of what else is out there, um, fear of change. And yeah, yeah people, uh, you know, we've all seen them making themselves miserable. So if someone's in that situation, what words would you have for them? Um, well, it depends where they are in it. Um, I, I'm a very big believer in everything starts with the decision. And yeah. so you don't have to know the how exactly, 
but you can decide that, you know, from this day, I'm open to the next iteration of me. And again, that's where you just release it. And, but you decide like, I'm no longer accepting this. This is going to change. And then when you like, get real de de definitive with your decision, then spirit can bring in a new possibility or a new person you're gonna connect with or, or just some other resource that guides you to the next step. But I think most people get really scared and they think they're enough. And I've always been supported. I mean, I went through bankruptcy after the divorce. I mean, I have been up and down and crazy stuff. I'm always supported, I'm always supported. So when you connect with, okay, all right, God, or whatever you call it, like, you know, take me, <laughs> you'll be taken care of. Yeah, you'll be taken yeah. Care of. yes. Right. And it's the, uh, this, the surrender to that and, and just the knowledge that, that comes yeah. with time. Uh, we're, yeah. We aren't yeah. all born with it. I guess if we were, we wouldn't be here having this conversation. My <laughs> podcast would be about something else. Yeah. Right. Right. It, it, it would be about, you know, sports or, or something else, which is, you know, which I love. But um, yeah, have a different title. You're doing this. It's good that you're doing this. You're right. Doing yes. Yeah. yeah, because we're not uh, we're not um, raised like that. You know, as you as you mm -hmm. mentioned, we're we're not raised. Uh, but even if you had really positive uh, emotional and psychological role mm -hmm. models, empowering role models, still as as human beings, our conditioning is is really thick. And, um, yeah. and you know, you're right that it's all about a decision. Um, mm -hmm. So what, what, what would you say is the most important decision that you've ever made in your life? Wow. Well, gosh, that's a big one. Um, I, I really think being a business coach was because everything cascaded. Um, and then I was in a relationship a number of years ago and I was so unhappy, so unhappy, so mm. unhappy. And this person living with me and didn't have a lot of resources. It just, it was horrible. And I just am like, I'm okay if he goes to the streets. And, you know, I use the words recovering codependent for my, you know, and, and I, okay. and, and it was a decision of like, I have to choose me and be not concerned for the outcome for him because I had a pattern of always taking care of people, the therapist, right? <laughs> Right. married an addict hello you know what I mean <laughs> and so for me to and this was like lots of years ago to basically say I'm choosing me and that decision has been really important I, I, I was walking down I was walking my dog and I literally saw the universe open this portal and I'm like oh there's a whole lot of other things yourself what um because I was so unhappy in that relationship and um that was a big one so. Okay. Yeah. It just occurred to me off the top of my head to ask mm. that. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, there's the show title decide to transform. I mean, it really ah, is well, there we go. There we go. decisions <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so that's, that's the most significant decision you've made. And, and, you know, all of us listening, I mean, we resist making these decisions and resist oh, and yeah. resist, yeah. right? and resist and 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 uh, Teresa, as you've talked about it can build up um now mm -hmm. if there's somebody out there that can relate to what you're what you're saying here your experience and maybe they'd like to 
pursue a conversation with you, maybe mm -hmm. work with you, how would these folks reach out? I would love that. Well, my website is just treeskelly.com, my name. Uh, there's a contact form in there. You could find me on Facebook, Tree Skelly, uh, um, or TS at treeskelly.com. So just okay. go to Tree Skelly and everywhere you go. Um, I also have a Facebook group called the Fiercely Brilliant, like Living Fiercely Brilliant. So that if you want to just join the Facebook group, that's kind of a like, play in there a lot. But um, I would love to have a conversation with you if this resonates. And I don't just do business coaching. I do mainly business coaching. Um, but lots of times I work with people on transformation in their lives as well. <clears throat> you know, some, usually it's business. But if you're like, God, I really love her vibe. I, wanna, I, want some, I want support with the shame, but I don't have a business. Reach out. I, 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 it's super fun to do that as well. I, have a, okay. I don't take that off the table. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I love that. And the, the name of the Facebook group, again, is The Fiercely, Fiercely Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Yes. I love that. Yeah. The fiercely brilliant and it's Therese Skelly.com and the email TS, correct? Yes, initials. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. TS at Therese Now this brings up another question that I've got for you. You're an author as well. <clears throat> and you're yeah. an author of a best-selling <laughs> book and we cannot conclude this show without talking a little bit about that so tell us the title of your book and a little bit more about it yeah yeah so the title is called love-based mission how to create a business that serves your soul because Tomas, okay. there are many people that have businesses and or make boatloads of money and they're miserable and so why spend any time if it's not good to me, I'm all about, you know, getting your soul's expression out in the world. Right. And yeah. if you can make a business around that, woo, that's a sweet spot. Mm -hmm. So the hypothesis is, I mean, some people are very happy being, being employees or, um, you know, being stay at home parents, but there are those of us who absolutely understand that our soul's work, our purpose, our mission is being lived out through our business. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's ours. Like for me, my business is my ministry, right? And I'm very aware of that. But when that is the case for you, it comes with, um, well, some issues. <laughs> because, because I always say when you're up for sale, when you are the commodity, when you're the thing that you're selling, whoa, that's when the mindset gets you. That's when the gremlins like really kick in. Oh, yeah. And so like I share the story of you know, I came into this with a lot of codependency as a lot, like every one of my clients come in over giving, undervaluing, like it's pretty standard. And maybe, you know, you can tell me, I don't know if it's more so with women, but I think women over 50 have been socialized in different ways, right? And so yes. we come in with these codependent caretaking patterns and we kind of sabotage our businesses because of it. So we want to serve but we got some stuff that gets in the way. And so the book is about that, like, like how to, how to understand what it is, how to navigate it and then what to do instead. Okay. Well, and, and it's very, it's very interesting because there are a number of listeners that fall in that demographic. Mm -hmm. the women, yeah, I would say women that we call it uh, middle-aged, um, yeah. uh, you know, 50, 60, 40, whatever the yeah. age. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think that uh, an entire generation of people was raised differently. We look at our, our parents' generation mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. vastly different than, than the way we are raised yeah. 
And um, yeah, and then, you know, our kids, completely different mm-hmm. scenario. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, yes, yes. It, it's, it's always different. So that, I think that's really, really powerful. That's really helpful. And this is called love-based mission, create a business that serves your life. Yes. Now, is this available on ebook, audiobook, paperback? Um, it's on Amazon or wherever, whatever bookseller you get, you know, Barnes or wherever you get your booksellers. It's it's Kindle and a and a physical paper, you know. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I, I love this. And then, so Therese, this has been a pleasure and I've learned so much and, and thank you so much for going in depth into your own experience, because that's what, uh, you know, I mean, that's what we're here for is, is to take a deeper dive. So I really do appreciate your time here. And, you know, the theme that keeps recurring is, is overcoming codependency, overcoming that, that self-doubt, that sense of self-worth. Now, you know, one last thing before we wrap up, if someone's out there listening and they're in that position, they're codependent and they know it, for example, you know, what, what uh, concluding words would you have for, for someone? I think a lot of codependency is an identity. And so, but most of us don't think of ourselves as having or being an identity. It's just like, but I'm a loving person, right? Or, oh, I just, everybody goes to, right? Like we have these, we have these things in ourselves, and we don't understand, but that might be an identity you've taken on to get mm-hmm. And so for me, I always had to, you know, self up, take care of everybody, be there for everybody at my own expense all the time, usually. And that worked. It, it was an, basically a, a compensation from a dysfunctional childhood. I learned, okay, if I be that for everybody, I'll get a little bit of goodies. Right. But then after a while, it flames out. It's like, oh, good God, do I got to take care of another person, right? Like, and so if you understand that your identity is not finite, your identity is not like locked in cement, you can change. And I remember, you know, the person I told you about that relationship, when that relationship, the bad one ended, I was... I was going through going, I feel like such a bitch. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's new. Oh my God, I've never had what? Like, like because I never, I never would have allowed myself to have the aim to set a good boundary. But I kind of, you know, made it a pejorative, like, oh, you're being such a bitch. And I was like, right. whoa, wait. Or this is energizing me. Wait a minute. You know what I mean? And so you can change identity. Like that's it's literally the question is, who do you want to be? And if you yes. understand, I can be what I'm not now. I'm going to take a lot of what I am, but I can be a different version of myself. It's very possible. It is. It is possible. <laughs> it, it's 100% possible. So yes, you can change. And if you're listening out there, um, be sure to take a look at, at Teresa's book, Love-Based Mission, Creating a Business That Serves Your Life. And of course, listen to this podcast yeah. and take a look at Teresa's Facebook group, Fiercely Brilliant and TeresaSkelly.com. This is very deep. It's very important work and it's very necessary. And Teresa, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the show here today. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a great interview. You asked fabulous questions and I've enjoyed hanging out with you so much. Ah, Thank you. Well, it's, it's been fun hanging out and this is 
Mama T right here. Marie <laughs> Skelly. All <I> right. <laughs> yes. This has been Decide to Transform. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you again here soon.